no intro this week. We're not going to be doing this every after every loss, but there's going to be no intro this week. But, I mean, I guess you, you're not going to hear me speak at a million miles per hour doing the intro. So, welcome back to the Pack Center Podcast. My name is Matt. I'm here with my co-host, Isaiah. We're here to talk about the Nevada football loss and some other stuff. We're going to briefly do some other stuff because we're – uh, Isaiah's got to go soon to work, but we're going to start out with talking about the Nevada football. It's not a therapy. We're not mad. We're not upset, but there are some things that we need to talk about because Nevada lost their first game on Saturday, 24-21 to Hawaii. First time Nevada's left the state this season for a football game. Still happens to be a loss. Hopefully that trend doesn't continue. Definitely not. But... Well, there, there's, there's some stuff to talk about. So, Isaiah, where, where do you want to start with this? Because I don't know. Do you want to do the quarter-by-quarter quarter stuff? Because I really honestly don't want to do that. No, no. I mean, you know, let's just highlight what led to this loss because there was a multitude of things and a couple of really key things I know we want to talk about. Obviously, um, I know we touched about in the, in the preview just how different this environment could be. Traveling to Hawaii is not easy whatsoever, especially when you're in the state of Nevada for your first five games of the season. And, you know, it looked like it took some time to adjust, most definitely. And credit Hawaii on both sides of the football. Credit, yeah. We're not going to come here to say Hawaii did bad and Nevada just lost because of some mistakes. They deserve a lot of credit on both sides of the ball. They beat us. As simple as that. They made a lot of plays and they beat us. No, they... They did a great job of just controlling us in a lot of aspects, and I was not expecting us to be bottled up in that kind of fashion, you know, and once again, credit the Rainbow Warriors. They performed well at home. They needed that win, too, and we talked about they're better than their record shows, and I think they really showed it last Saturday night, so more credit to them. The first thing I want to talk about, really the main thing, this is not the only reason why Nevada lost. It is a big reason, but it's not the only reason. Penalties. Once again. What, seven or eight for nearly 90 yards? I mean, I know Nevada's been super undisciplined the entire season. They average like eight and a half penalties a game. You keep talking about it, how Nevada's one of the most, if not the most, undisciplined team we're in the probably Mountain West. The most, most undis- yeah, we're probably the most undisciplined team in the Mountain West. And that, you know what, Saturday night was pretty ridiculous. It really was. <laughs> I don't even want to hammer like every penalty because it was there was like false starts and stuff, but the key penalties really just like those are drive killers. One of them was on, I think it was the first or second drive of the game. I'm pretty sure it was the first, where it was a fourth and one. Nevada went for it. Devonte Lee ran 25 yards and it resulted inside of Hawaii's five yard line, but it was called back because of a personal foul penalty that they didn't that didn't even show what happened. They just said it was a personal foul penalty. The replay showed, I think it was on Frost, and they just showed him blocking a dude to the ground. I'm assuming there was some extracurricular activity after that, but they didn't show any of it. They just showed him blocking someone or pushing them to the ground, opening up a hole for Devontae, in which he eventually ran 25 or so yards to the five-yard line. And so it was like, all right, that's a drive killer, so that pushed us back. We were forced to punt. We were, we were even kicked out of field goal range. And we have one of the best kickers in the country. I mean, you said it. It's a drive killer. That's a that's literally a drive killer. I mean, that those are things that are turning points in the game. You know, small things like that, not only do they add up, but they come back to bite you in so many ways because imagine if we were in Hawaii territory from that point on. It could be a whole different ball game. But 
Stupid penalties like that just really limit how effective a football team can be, and it showed. There was another one that, like, I, I mean, it's kind of ridiculous to say that the, at this point it was, like, a momentum killer, but I'm pretty sure it was the first or second play of the – or first or second drive of the second half for Hawaii. I'm, it was their first. And there was a face mask called on a third and two when Hawaii was pinned deep in their own territory. The tailback was tackled in the backfield, and there was no face mask on the actual tackle. It was miles away from the play. Robbins committed. I don't know what was happening. It was some, he, was, he was getting blocked downfield, and I think he grabbed the dude's face mask that was like 15 yards away from the play. Just, or at least it felt like it was 15 yards because you couldn't see him in the shot. No or at least I can't, I, don't, I can't remember seeing him in the shot because it was, I think, probably the back line judge who threw the flag. And considering it was a third and two and they were pe- pinned deep in their own territory and they lost yardage, so it would have been a fourth and four, fourth and five, whatever it was. That's the advances 15 yards. And now they're out of their own territory with at least some momentum. They eventually drove 99 yards for a touchdown, which ended up being the decider in the game. Yep. No need for that whatsoever. And it's, it's a, and it's kind of ridiculous because to say the third or fourth play of a drive is a drive killer when it's a 10 play drive that lasts 99 yards. I mean, it's kind of ridiculous in that if you look at it that way to say that it's like, oh my God, this is such a drive killer. But it, like, it gave him momentum. And to make matters worse, there was another 15-yard penalty that put him nearly inside our 10-yard line later in the drive. We were gifting them right. yards upon yards. And yes, it may not be a drive killer at that very moment, but those things, once again, they add up on you and you're gifting them points at the end of the day. I mean, that just stuff, it's been a serious issue this whole year. And it finally caught up to us in terms of a loss column because so many undisciplined plays led to a serious loss like that. I mean, we struggled both offensively and defensively in some aspects, but overall we stayed in the game. But it's those penalties that just kept shooting us in the foot in so many different ways. It was so frustrating. And to make matters – and not make matters worse, Hawaii's offense, it's not like they were stalling the entire game. They were – they kept Nevada on the field a long time in that second half. They definitely did. And Cordiero, credit to him, he played tremendous. He played perfectly. He was so good. Another mobile quarterback who used his feet once again. Um, he just did a great job of controlling that offense. He looked so calm and composed he with was, each snap. He, he just was, looked so good. He was good. throwing the ball downfield. He was throwing pretty accurately. He didn't run into really many mistakes, if any. Um 26 for 32, 246 yards and a touchdown. He had 15 carries for 62 yards and a touchdown. He was perfect. The guy who really killed Nevada was Calvin Turner. Calvin Turner was all over the field, even in the special teams at the end of the game. It was a kickoff on the last drive. He returned it in plus ter- into plus territory. All right, they don't even have to drive that far to extend the lead. If anything, you, you pretty much have to get a stop here, and Nevada didn't get a stop. They eventually... They got to the two-yard line, and they just need it down. But it's a situation where, I mean, you would like to just kick it out of the back of the end zone and let it, and not have to deal with that problem. But instead, Turner got the ball returned at 50-plus yards. Yeah. and Both of them. Or 40-plus yards, however long it was. I don't have it in front of me. But it was, a long, it was a long return, and it was definitely an impactful return at that moment in the game, which was the very end of the game. Yeah, I mean, at key moments like that, Calvin Turner just really exploded. And he... Gosh, both of them, both Cordiero and Calvin Turner, just gave us fits all night. 
It was 47 yards. A 47-yard return. That's huge. I mean, you can't ask for much better. When you need a, when you need a stop and you need better field position, because it's like even if Nevada did stop him at midfield, Nevada would likely be looking at potentially being pinned like deep in their own territory or on the 20-yard line, whatever you would think. But it would be probably worse than it would be if Nevada stopped him on their own 20, 25-yard line around there, or at least in that like range, because then we would have more field to return. I mean, you can't really predict punts, but in this scenario, you could say that it would potentially be a better opportunity for Nevada to drive down the field, which, again, they didn't get the ball at all, so it doesn't matter in the end. But yeah. you would, if hypothetically speaking, if you were to get the ball back, you'd be in much better territory if you were to just kick it out of the back of the end zone or just not return it or have him have a, a, a not return. as good return. Yeah, a minimal return, you know, something around the, the range of 15 to 20 yards, but. Once again, that all the credit goes back to Hawaii for being able to sustain a drive, keep it deep in our territory, and kneel it out. You know, they controlled the tempo of the game. I just felt like from the start, they just had a game plan set up, and they executed more, you know, in so many ways than one. And it seemed like in big situations, whenever they needed a conversion or a score, Cordillero or Turner, one of the two always kind of stepped up in that moment. And, you know, that's... I think that's one of the formulas to beat Nevada is to keep the offense off the field as much as possible, and Hawaii did that to the fullest. So, In the second half, in the first half, Nevada nearly doubled them in time of possession, but we still, still struggled. They still, we still struggled defensively. They were driving down our throats the entire – not the entire game because we had a few solid stops, but, I mean, I'm not going to say our defense was like the worst we've ever seen because, I mean, from the last few years we've had some – pretty really bad not pretty bad really bad defensive performances but in, in comparison to what we've seen this year from this defense this was a relatively pretty kind of bad performance oh yeah yeah you can chalk this one up to something i certainly wasn't expecting it wasn't it wasn't the worst ever like but it could have been a lot better than it was in definitely. certain definitely at certain points yeah and you take the context of this season of how we've performed and you just you know, expected Nevada to kind of keep that trend and to improve upon things because it seems as if you've seen some bits and pieces of improvement on both sides of the ball this whole year, something to at least take away. But defensively, there really wasn't a whole lot. We didn't generate a lot of pressure, didn't make many plays. Hawaii just, like you said, ran it down our throats, controlled the clock from the second half on, and made plays, scored. It's kind of as simple as that. It was a ball game. It wasn't even they just ran it down our throats. They just moved the ball. But also, to factor in, Dom got hurt in the second quarter, and he left the game. So that was obviously – that obviously hurt the defense in some ways. Oh, yeah, that's a huge loss. That's I mean, a – it was that's a – That's a huge loss. It, it yeah, came I mean, on a sack, too. He and Hammond, he and Hammond both got a guy yeah. in. Did it, they just get sandwiched between one another? It was kind of a weird replay they were showing. Yeah. Uh, hopefully, obviously, I know Jay Norvell was talking about in the post-game press conference just how crucial of a member he is to the pack as a whole. We need him back healthy. He is, yeah, the, you know, you can talk to him as the driving force of our defense in so many ways. So not to have him in our lineup for next week can really hurt us. And it's not like Nevada wasn't forcing pressure. They were getting pressure. They just weren't getting home. Because Cordero's, again, to his credit, very good at escaping. And we talked about that on the last podcast. He's the most dangerous mobile quarterback among all the mobile quarterbacks that we've faced this year. 
Yeah, and he showed it. Yeah, he did. Gosh, he got out of the pocket, and he's not afraid to run the ball. He's really not. He can tote it, and you know he's he's a talented player. And when he's able to throw the ball downfield that effectively, he looked good. He looked he, was, re- he looked really good. I was impressed. I must admit. Now, uh, do you want to kind of switch to the offensive? I side was of just things? about ready to switch. Yeah. One way to beat Nevada: <laughs> stop the passing game. Yes, stop Romeo Dubs in particular. Yeah, held to just one catch on a drag route for ten yards. Wasn't really open a lot during the game. Strong had all day to throw, really the entire game. I mean, they brought some pressure and some long down and distance situations, but for the most part, they were dropping eight, and Strong was holding on to the ball for five, six, seven seconds, and a lot of those did result in him just throwing it out, just throwing it out on the sideline. And at credit to Hawaii for dro- again dropping eight and making it really tough to find an open receiver downfield. And we knew Strong didn't take a shot the entire game. Nope. He, t- he didn't take a one. Hawaii read the scouting report. I really think they looked at the tape and saw what our success was. That, well, yeah. Duh, right? I mean, you, <laughs> yeah. you don't even have to look at the tape. You can look at the numbers and say, wow, this team is really effective at moving the ball downfield. And yeah. they just, like you said, they kept eight in the backfield. All eight in the backfield, eight in the secondary all night long. And, and he was having to throw yep. a lot underneath yep. or throw it out or throw it to, yep. just, yeah, just throw it underneath or throw it out. He only had, I think, maybe one 20-yard completion or maybe, I don't even know if he had a 20-yard one. I know he hadn't, he had, of course, had the 18-yard touchdown to Horton, which I guess, okay, we say he didn't take the shot. If that's taking a shot, okay, then he took a shot. Yeah, I mean, um, but he really didn't throw the ball downfield much because nothing was open. No, and how Hawaii just absolutely immobilized almost Romeo Dubs, just erased him from the game plan was very impressive. I mean, they came as as the as the fifteenth best pass defense in the nation, and Nevada came in as a top five passing offense. It was strength versus strength, and their secondary won that battle, no Defin- question about it. Definitely, and as much as it hurts to see Romeo Dubs. Pro-rated 12-game stats go down. Yikes. I didn't even do the math. I don't yeah, know. What I don't even want to know anymore. Yeah, it hurts my soul. Yeah. It hurts my soul. I was. I hope I, he comes out and gets like 300 yards the next game. I, I mean, 300 yards, four touchdowns. <laughs> I actually did watch a portion of that Buffalo-Kent State game where Jarrett Patterson had eight touchdowns, which is just mind-blowing. Like I don't know how. And I was kind of hoping that like Dubs would do the same thing. Because Patterson's, of course, like one of the best backs in the nation. Like he goes unrecognized because he's in the MAC. But I was hoping that Dubs just goes out for 400 yards and just goes is absolutely insane, like five touchdowns. Just but the, the exact opposite happened. Yeah, those prorated stats. Maybe they'll shoot right back up. But you know, just talking back to the game plan. Yeah, I am. You know, one of the things it did do is it did open up the run game. I I think can you argue this was our best performance rushing the ball this year? I think you without can, question. I That's, think you can undoubtedly say that, right? Yeah, Hawaii has didn't have a good run defense at all, so that was Nevada's really formula of trying to get the ball downfield. But took a lot of time off the clock, which is one reason why Nevada had a lot of time of possession. And I mean, <laughs> you're going to need the big play, and Nevada seemingly didn't get that big play a lot. Again, pass plays are more efficient than run plays. That's just how it is. But our running backs did look very good, not to take any credit away from them. It was our first 200 yards performance of the game. We rushed for, I think, 208 yards. And we looked really good on the ground. We were getting chunks of yardage the entire game. Toa Tao looked incredible. 
Devontae Lee started out the game really well, took a step back a little bit, but still played really well throughout the game. Our running game was really good. (laughs) If there's one positive takeaway of this, Nevada's offensive line, when it's not drawing false starts, was really good in the run game. Uh, Definitely. (laughs) I guess that's like one of the only aspects you could take away offensively from this loss because Hawaii took away our greatest strength, and it showed. You know, we struggled to find much continuity downfield, and that's just one of the things that they need to improve upon. Hopefully this kind of adds a new element to their offense and they can bounce back from it because the rushing attack itself was effective. In a lot of ways it just didn't, you know, it just didn't hold up at the end and that's what happens, you know. Once again, you got to credit Hawaii. Nevada did run the Wildcat multiple times and it worked a lot. Did it frustrate you? No, because no. it worked. Okay. So it only frustrates you when it doesn't work. You don't like do you when well, you see the wildcat? Do you? I, I was I was so susceptible. Well, I mean, for the most part, it worked. There was a couple times where it didn't, but I was so susceptible over the last several years around football in general, watching wildcat plays and them just not working because it's like, all right, you're not like Ronnie Brown in 2007 or whenever it was. Ronnie Brown and Ricky Williams. Yeah, whenever it was like Miami Dolphins came, came in in 2007, like you're not them. And they like ran. I remember they ran wild on the Patriots. It just wasn't working as often as you would like, I guess I should say. And so Nevada running it as often as it does now, it just it it's it's it throws me off. And I know it's coming. So sometimes it doesn't throw defenses off. It worked to an extent on yeah. Saturday. Kotow did not throw a pass again. Woohoo! That's a. That, I kind of want to see. Pro- I kind of want to see him throw it. I, I want to see him win. Yeah, show up. The dude has a cannon. I want to see him. I want to see him show it up. But <laughs> really, that's it. Nevada also ran goal line fade. It's happened in back to back weeks now. So show it some respect. You could tell. Mom okay, been I could in... say it to Cole Turner. It works, or it I has worked you. so far. Yeah, I mean, he's. I'm just waiting for the times it doesn't. It's that Madden playbook, baby. Is there? Oh, hold on. Is there an actual play that has? Just fades. I'm I trying think to remember. so. I'm not. I'm not 100. Okay. I know you sure. can hot route it, but woohoo! <laughs> Still, yeah, Cole Turner. Just he the, yeah, another... he's he's a guy that you could just throw yeah. it up to and him get it. But with other like 90 percent of other receivers, it's like no. Yep. It's Cole... also like hard throw to make. And to, to Strong's credit, he makes it. Yep. Or once he has again. made it so far this year. And once again, just got to give another shout out to Cole Turner. He's been awesome all year. He has. He's been. He was our best receiver. He was, undoubtedly. After you just phase out dubs, Cole Turner really stepped up. But Six catches for 48 yards and a touchdown. And He's just a man out there. He's got the size. He's got the frame. He's got the athleticism. He's awesome. He could really become the complete package. He's what we need for our offense in a lot of ways. Yeah, I can't believe they label him as a tight end. Yeah, it's it's really not. <laughs> <laughs> he's definitely, weird, definitely a receiver converted to a tight end that's still a receiver. Yeah, basically. But. Although he is a good blocker. I'll give him that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's made improvements in that regard. and yeah. Also, Torrey Horton, he made a— That was a tremendous— I said catch. there wasn't any 20-plus yards, 20-plus yard, like, receiving plays, but, I mean, he technically he didn't. It was, like—I think it was a 5- or 10-yard catch down the field, but he made it into something extra. Um, he had a 26-yard play. He had three catches for 46 yards and a touchdown. He was our—his second touchdown of the year. He's a true freshman. Just kind of came out of nowhere. Now he's here, and he's he did a good job. Yeah, his first touchdown catch since week one against Wyoming, and it was good to see him 
Shine on the shat shine on the statue. That is a tongue twister. Shine on the statue. Shine on the statue. Shine on the statue. Shine on the statue. Okay. Shine on the statue. You already know listeners trying that. But um yeah, no. Turner and Horton were at least bright spots out wide for us and you know, it, it just shows the effect that Romeo Dubs does have on this offense though when you completely phase out one of the best receivers to that point in the country. It hurt us, but I really think this can be a, you know, a stepping stone and a turning point for us to really find more ways to get the ball in and, you know, just be able to sustain drives offensively. And there's a lot of takeaways as as we talked about defensively from the penalties and just overall effectiveness. So I'm excited to see how we bounce back this week. Oh, so am I. It's not going to get any easier. And while we're on it. Does Nevada still have a chance in the Mountain West? I tweeted something after the game on Saturday night, or really it was Sunday morning because it was after midnight when I tweeted it. But I said that in theory, Nevada. I don't. I, I'm not going to do the math. I mean, it. I feel like it's kind of simple that Nevada has to win out to at least make the Mountain West championship, let alone host it. And so, it's not going to get any easier. Because Fresno State, their first game, and this is going to be the first game in two weeks. Two weeks, yeah. Because um, they had both their games canceled due to COVID, and then you have unbeaten San Jose State, who last game last week was canceled versus Boise State. I was kind of upset because I wanted to watch that game. I wonder if they're going to reschedule that because that could have implications on who makes the Mountain West Championship because the standings is both of San Jose State and Boise State are undefeated in conference. And Nevada needs the win in that Nevada. Run. Nevada. Nevada needs to win out. That's what we're gonna say. I, I'm sure there might be a possibility where Nevada or one of those two run into a break or something, and Nevada still makes it because there's of course two weeks left. But right now we're gonna say for Nevada's best chance to make the Mountain West Championship, gotta win out. You gotta win out. It's huge, and you know once again, does this. This brings another point to question, I think, to this point. Does this make the Fresno State game and the San Jose State game the biggest games of the year? Over, I'd get Considering I would say, what happened now this against Hawaii. I, you, yeah, you can make a case for yeah. that. It's, it's I would tough. say so. It's tough because, it, I mean, to this point, yeah. And San Jose State. Who would have thought? Who would have thought at that point in the year that this could be a potential Mountain West, you know, season finale getting into the championship. That, in all honesty, again, we don't know what's going to happen within the conference these next couple of weeks, but that San Jose State-Nevada game could be the first of two consecutive games versus San Jose State it's and gonna be, Nevada. If that's the case, it's going to be crazy, but that's what this year has been. It's You can't predict anything. I'm done. Are we going to do predictions? I mean, we still like Yeah, I mean, we did. Okay. But. Another positive on our end, we did cover. <laughs> we did cover. <laughs> What is that, a two-game win streak against uh, the yes. spread or something? After... We got this. We picked that, you know, Nevada. And uh, we picked Nevada over SDSU. Wait. Did we pick Nevada to cover? Wait, hold on. I don't think we picked Nevada to cover this last week. No, no, no. We picked – I'm sorry. I was talking about SDSU. Oh, I and thought you were talking about Hawaii positive to cover from this last week. week. Yeah, yeah. We picked Hawaii to cover. No. Yeah. Yeah, we did. I know. They I were a touchdown favorite. Did you pick them within a touchdown? I most definitely did. Uh, I, I did 24 20, if I'm not mistaken. I'm gonna have, I don't know. I can't remember. I'm gonna, you know, I'll, I'll, 
I'll bring it up. While I say that, I didn't pick Nevada to cover. Or I did pick Nevada to cover, and they didn't. Because I had Nevada 35-24. And that didn't cover. I am going to look up right now. Here it is. I am bringing up the doc. We were, what, seven I, and I, a half point favorites? Right now, I trust you, but you better be right. Seven and a half point favorites? Seven. Boom, 31-27. Okay. All Boom. right, there you go. Boom. There you go. Back to back, baby. <laughs> Guess who's back? <laughs> it's your boy. Anyways, no. Do you I, have anything more to add on football? No, in terms of this Hawaii loss, it's it's a loss. You got to brush it off. Bad performance on both ends and things to really take away and you can't think about it too much because here comes fresno state who could be I, hungry right. like a bulldog but intense uh, that was terrible that was bad anyways um i have one more thing to add on the defensive end another penalty that i just remembered was the final nevada was on a third and seven inside their own territory at the end of the game a pass interference on a ball that wasn't even catchable from i think it was aj king committed the penalty and yeah, it was just a bad penalty. Third and seven, um, wasn't even close, or the, at least it didn't feel like it was catchable. It might have been, I don't know, but Nevada that forces an automatic first down. Nevada they kneel down in victory formation. Nevada loses the game instead of even forcing a field goal and potentially getting the ball back with not a lot of time left, but with some time. So another another penalty. Just a lot of them. Plagued there us. was there was one of them where a false start affected. Or not, I think if it was either a false start, I think took us out of field goal range again, and Nevada couldn't get yards back, so they were forced to punt. But it was on like a third and one, and it went back to third and six. I don't know. I'm trying to remember this all off the top of my head. It was it was just one of those. It's it's a loss. Nevada's first loss. We're on a high streak, but you know you started to see some of the deficiencies and ways to improve and. Hawaii exposed them in a lot of regards, and we shot ourselves in the foot in a lot of regards, too. So, But also credit to Hawaii for capitalizing once on again, mistakes. Yep, you got to capitalize, and that's what they did. Credit to the Rainbow Warriors. They, they're a good team. They're solid, and um, they got the best of us. So we just need to brush it off, I think. Just can't even think about it and really focus on Fresno State because they could be, I know, two weeks of non-playing. but Before we focus on Fresno State, which we're going to do, of course, later in the week, Nevada basketball play, both men's and women's. I'm going to save, since Isaiah's got to get going here soon, I'm going to save a lot of the stuff I want to talk about, like some takeaways I had or some things some things I want to see more of until Friday. But we'll still talk about the games. Nevada played. Nevada men's basketball team played two games on Wednesday and Thursday. Kind of weird having a Thanksgiving day again, again day game again. Nevada won 64 or 62-48 in the first game versus North Dakota State. They won 66. They won 69-66 against Nebraska on Thanksgiving Day. In the 62-48 win, Grant Sherfield led Nevada with 14 points. Nevada true freshman Craig Coleman had 13. Desmond Cambridge, who suffered some foul trouble, especially in the second half, played just 19 minutes, but he had eight points. Nevada didn't shoot the ball well, at least from the floor. They shot 38% from the floor, but they did shoot 47% from deep. They didn't shoot well from the free throw line at all. But Nevada also held the Bison to 29% shooting. And 
it's 14 points, 48 points allowed was the fewest since playing San Jose State in the WAC tournament in 2012. Gosh, that's so long ago. <laughs> and so it's that. like I'm surprised that like Musselman's team didn't have that against it. I know, just how hounded we were defensively back then. But And so we had a 15-5 run to end the game. Tyree 80 led the Bison in points with 11. He was their only double-digit scorer on 4 of 10 shooting. In Nevada's 69-66 win over Nebraska, Sherfield had 19 points, 16 in the second half. Cambridge had, I think, 18 points with 16 in the first half. Of course, we're going to talk about... Yeah, the shot. Yeah, the shot. We'll talk about that a little bit after. He had two clutch threes. Sherfield had Nevada's only two threes in the second half, actually. It's big shots. <laughs> big shots. Nevada wasn't making anything. Turnovers were a big problem. Fouls were a big problem. Two shots, including one where he just pulled up on Delano Banton's eyes. It Ball was, game. Yeah, ball game. Tie game that once was no longer. I the... thought I thought almost thought Banton shot was gonna go in at the uh, Oh at the at the at buzzer. The, at the buzzer, nah. but it was a, it was I mean it was contested, but like wherever the ball's released in that type of moment, you're just like, oh you get that Kawhi Leonard effect during yeah. this Toronto Raptors Eastern Conference Finals game winner two years ago. Yeah, it was big shot. That was a Sheffield. heck of a game, heck of a finish. Yeah. Sheffield what a shot. He's both that backcourt of Sheffield. Well, not backcourt, but that duo of Sheffield and Cambridge has been tremendous thus far, and it's been exciting to see. And I just can't wait. You know, Nevada basketball is really rolling, and the men's team is doing really well to start the year. And I know we'll get into it more throughout the week and as the season progresses. Nevada also did a tremendous job rebounding that game. They out-rebounded them 49-31. to Advantage on the glass. Sherifffield has six rebounds. Desmond had five rebounds. KJ had eight rebounds. Robbie, team high nine. Don't sleep. Robbie's doing what Robbie does. Rebound oh. the ball. Robbie just rebounds. Mon- yeah, just a mon. Yeah, Robbie. Re- I Robbie like that nickname. Yeah. Monster on the glass. Doing what he does. Sherifffield had six assists also against Nebraska. That was impressive, but I mean, six turnovers, not great. <laughs> anyway. And then, of course, women's basketball played on Saturday. Their game against their game on Friday was canceled versus San Francisco. They played on Saturday versus William Jessup, and they won 65-66. They shot 38% from the floor, 31% from deep. Deja Hamilton had a team-high 15 points on 4 of 9 shooting, including 2 of 3 from 3-point range. Also made the game-winning free throw with 30 seconds left to win the game. That was pretty cool. It was a thriller. It was a back-and-forth matchup, and both were just giving – like, just like one jab after another throughout the final two minutes. It was impressive to see. And Deja Hamilton talked about her in the women's basketball preview as well. Stepping up already. She was a hound defensively as well. So, awesome to see. Yeah, Fallon native. Shout out Fallon. Yeah. I have family that lives in Fallon. <laughs> Fallon native, Leda Otuafi, is that the name? Otuafi. Otuafi. Had a double-double in her first group pack game, 13 points, 12 rebounds. Amaya West had 12 points. LaPraise Johnson had 12 off the bench on 4 of 7 shooting. So it was a pretty impressive game all around. Barely squeaked it out at the end. Nevada was up by double digits at one point in the third quarter. That leak was cut. And then with under five minutes to go, William Jessup had a five-point lead. Again, still five minutes to go, so there's plenty of time remaining. But it's almost like the, the air's taken out of your sails a little bit near the end of the game. And so, I mean, impressive win all around. 
thankful that Nevada came back and they play Air Force this Friday and Saturday. They so this is their first conference series. They're still going to have six more or five more non-conference games, but this is they're going to be their first ser- official series, series of the year of a conference. Yeah, and just credit Nevada for holding it down the stretch and you're going to be seeing a lot more faces on the women's team and it's going to be fun to watch just like the men's team there's just a lot of exciting talent and both the men's and women's programs getting off to a good start in the year you can't ask for much better you know that thanksgiving a nevada basketball win follow it up on saturday with the women's team win all around besides that unfortunate nevada football loss it was a good week yeah it was yeah do you have anything more to add? I'll get, nope. uh, get you out of here. Nope, I think it's just... It's just your job. I can't believe you're working. I'm just kidding. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Hey, if you want, I mean, shout out Brussels Sprouts. It was delightful during Thanksgiving. My mom bought me a ham that she made Saturday. It was the best thing. I was so happy. She's like, hey, I know we're having tri-tip on Thursday. We're trying something new. Uh, I bought you a ham at the store, and I mean, I was like a little boy in a candy shop. It was it was incredible. Special day at the Hannafin household. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, again, I hope you all had a very safe and good Thanksgiving. Finals is approaching, so we're still trying to iron out a schedule there. I don't know over winter break what we're doing. We have winter break from Isaiah. When is your last final? I have no idea. I think it's Pro- like December 8th or something. You should probably find that out. I'll be all right. Mine's December 11th. Okay. The day Nevada plays San Jose State. How do you like that? Nice. Maybe get, get a little good fortune going on there. And so we're still trying to iron everything out. I'm sure we'll be taking a couple-week hiatus. Sadly. because Because, I mean, I'm going home on vacation. Isaiah's probably going to be going home on vacation. I'll be in California. <laughs> you'll be in California. Okay, so we'll still be ironing everything out. We'll let you guys know, but... Thank you again for listening. Like and subscribe. We hope you have a safe and wonderful week. And we will see you on Friday.